All right, guys, today we're going to talk about how to get out of some slumps and create a couple small upticks in our lives that are going to get us trending back in the right direction. And then kind of how we think about once we get that direction moving the right way, how we can implement some discipline and some habits and carry that out for an extended period of time so that we don't end up kind of having the same weaknesses or being the same person of no or little advancement, you know, three to four years down the road. And I'm going to kind of tell you a story here of what prompted this. And uh, I've been thinking about it a lot. And it's something that, you know, I'm, I think it's one of the things that I'm most fearful of. And uh, so I hope you guys enjoy this one. So this past weekend, we went out down to local cantina in Dublin, which is a, a cool restaurant, a really nice spot, and a great place to uh, go and have a couple uh, relatively inexper- inexpensive drinks and some uh, endless chips and salsa. You can kind of serve yourself with chips and salsa. So if you guys like that kind of thing, I definitely recommend it. It was uh, in terms of going out in like new Bridge Park, Dublin area, I think it was like our, our least expensive option. And we were there for a pretty good amount of time. So uh, definitely something if you guys want to check it out, you can. But uh, we were sitting there and I saw somebody out at the bar and, you know, he clearly looked a little bit inebriated. We didn't end up talking, you know, kind of in the back of my head, I would say, thankfully. Um, But the last time I had saw this guy was probably three to four years ago and it was at a bar and it was about eight o'clock at night on, I think, a Friday and he was just totally shit-faced, right? And so, you know, I kind of saw him and I felt a little bit sorry for him. You know, I guess at 29, 30, like that's not, uh, you know, something that's like totally abnormal, you know, and you never know life situation. So you don't ever want to judge, but we talked at the time and he just really seemed kind of unhappy, unhappy in his life situation. Didn't seem like he was going very far. And, uh, and you could tell he was unhappy with his job, unhappy with his lack of relationships or lack of sticky relationships. And, um, you know, seemed like he was out at the bar drinking alone. And so, you know, I'd reached out an olive branch to him and, you know, asked him if he wanted to come and come to the gym and maybe make some new friends and stuff. And I think he came twice and then ended up canceling. Well, we ended up seeing him at the bar and unfortunately it looks as if, um, you know, he was at the bar Friday by himself from what I could observe and was still drinking and, you know, relatively early in the night, definitely, you know, looked like he kind of stumbled himself out of the bar and had moved on going down to one of the other more barry type, uh, you know, Dublin Bridge Park bars. And, you know, that that really caused me to think a lot. And, you know, I reached out to him again and nothing back. Might have changed his phone number, but uh, reached out to him again and said, you know, hey, I saw you out on Friday. You know, I'd love if you ever think about, you know, coming back in, just let me know. And, you know, try to at least see if I can start an upward tick and trend in, you know, his life. And unfortunately, what I find is the, the older I get and the more I see people that are kind of stuck in that boat a little bit, the more it seems like not only do they not change, but they get more ingrained in the bad habits that they do have. And it's almost like, you know, I, I know people are adverse to change. Like that's obvious, right? And change is uncomfortable and it requires, you know, discipline. It requires long-term discipline. It requires habit change, which is tough because we are kind of the way we are because of previous experience and fears and all these other things. But what it kind of prompted me to do, and this kind of went well with a podcast that I listened to earlier this week, is write down some of the things that I'm maybe a little bit embarrassed that I do. And write those down 
and then think about how can I map out a plan so that one year from now, I don't look back on that list and think, holy shit, like I am just as bad, if not worse, one year from now at those things than I was last year. And ultimately, I think the only thing that could be more embarrassing than some of these things that I've written down are the fact that I can't change them or I don't change them or I'm stagnant and I don't improve. And so I want to kind of start thinking about, you know, how can I map out a plan so I ensure that? And then the goal is for next year for me to look back on each of these things and be embarrassed about how bad I was last year, right? Or in this case right now. And so I've improved that bad habit so much that I was embarrassed that I even did it. And a great example of this, my mom kind of talks about it and, you know, she's not uh, super upfront about it, but she used to smoke and, you know, not, not crazy in her generation, you know, a lot of people smoked, but you can tell that now that she's fixed the habit and this is, I mean, a long time ago, she was very young when she did this. This isn't like anything even since I was born that she ever smoked, but now that she's fixed the habit and she sees that it's kind of a disgusting habit. She looks back on it as like, she's embarrassed by that the, that she even ever did that. You kind of look back and you're just like, man. And, you know, another great example is just kind of like, you look at a, you know, a picture of yourself in, you know, high school, you're going to prom, you're a bit awkward. You're maybe like, you know, you look at your hair, you look at like your pimply face and stuff. And you're just like, oh my God, like, I'm so glad I'm beyond, you know, that stage, that immaturity, that person who made all those mistakes. And the reason you look back on that isn't because at the time, like you weren't a bad person, you know, you'd look back on it and it's kind of funny because you've improved yourself so much beyond things like, you know, when I was a teenager, I was, I was very jealous of like the girlfriends I had. And, you know, now I see the immaturity and jealousy and some of those different things. And so when you start to see how much you've advanced, you kind of look back and like, I'm embarrassed by how I acted, by how I communicated with some of my girlfriends back then. And I'm embarrassed by the type of person I was, but you know, I'm very proud that I have advanced beyond that. And it's all a big part of the learning lesson of life. So we can't be like overly embarrassed that we, that we experienced it, but more thankful that we overcame it. Right? So our first piece of homework for today is to kind of think about what are the habits, what are the things that I feel I am weak in? And what are the things that, you know, five years from now, I might look back and be embarrassed that I did that, right? Like, were you super into MySpace? And it's like, you know, now you might look back on that and be like, embarrassed by that, right? I don't know, maybe not. Maybe you are one of the last true MySpace users, still going strong, still working for it. But also you can think about, you know, how am I in my relationships? Where am I weak there? Am I not communicating honestly? Do I not have integrity? And we're going to take just a brief tangent here to talk a little bit about BCD, which is in, if you guys haven't read Above the Line or listened to any of uh, Tim or Brian Kite stuff, I would definitely recommend it. I think it's I think it's phenomenal. It's great for organization. It's great for you know personal work on yourself. But BCD is blame, complain, and defend. And unfortunately, this is where so many people default to. This is their autopilot. And when they're faced with the option to change or the opportunity to change, and they think about this habit that they're going to be working on, right? And for some of you guys, it might be you're just starting your fitness journey and you're going to start the habit of working out. Well, when they start to maybe fail, 
the first inclination is to blame other people. Then often they'll complain about it. And lastly, they defend themselves and their own decisions. And all this does, guys, is it prolongs the amount of time in between you being able to say, I just wasn't good enough. I just wasn't disciplined enough. I just wasn't hardworking enough. I just didn't plan well enough. There's all these things that you can say that will lead back to the only thing that you control, which is your discipline, your decision, your thought-making process. And everything in between there is all just a complete waste of time, right? And you can take this to anything. So let's say I want to change the habit of my nutrition, right? And so I, I work with a coach, I hire him on, and we start with a plan. And then, you know, two days goes by and all of a sudden, you know, I'm out and I'm eating endless chips and salsa and drinking margaritas and beer. And, you know, the next week the nutrition coach asks, you know, well, what's going on? It's like, well, you know, my, my boyfriend really wanted to go out and, you know, really wanted to go to this new Mexican restaurant. And so, you know, we went and then, um, you know, I just, I, I really needed to blow off some steam. It was, uh, you know, it was just a really long week at work. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really know, like this, this meal plan's really restrictive. And like, I just don't think that this is for me. And so immediately, like in two, three sentences, they do all three. And a problem with our society is it sounds so normal, right? I hear it 50 to 100 times a week and it's negative and that negativity just really can grind down the people around you and the people who are working hard to try to help you develop some of these habits. And so we have to think about how do we stop putting up this fake blockade this, uh, this barrier to self-improvement and stop that BCD mentality, stop that default mentality and start to get closer to accepting the fact that it is our decisions and our control of our decisions that's going to dictate the you know outcome of some of these things. And so what we think about then, guys, and this is kind of where I go with this is, you know, talking back to fixing the habits, the bad habits that we have, is I think about life as kind of this big, this big bar graph, right? And we talked about it kind of as a game. And, you know, the game that I try to play with this is, you know, how are we trending, right? And up on this bar graph is I'm improving myself. And that could take a million different varieties. You can be improving yourself in multiple capacities, or you could just be really focusing on one discipline that you want to improve yourself on. Whatever it is, that's fine, right? But if you are working to improve yourself, then you're going to gain kind of an uptick in that bar graph. And every decision that you make is either going to be an uptick or a downtick. There is no real like medium ticks, right? There's no like straight lines on this. And I always kind of look back at, you know, when I was like 16, 17, and I started to make some of these decisions that started to be little down ticks. And we just saw Sicario 2. And if you guys haven't seen it yet, uh, I won't ruin it for you. But I looked at Maria afterwards and I go, what's the moral of the story for you? And, you know, she kind of thought about it for a little bit. And I was like, the moral of the story is one bad decision, the kids skip school, leads to a lifetime of, 
you know, horrible like death like basically you know leads to this horrible life of bad decisions and all these things it just starts with something simple he skipped school to smoke pot with his cousin and hang out with somebody who was obviously making some down tick decisions and so you know those little slippery slopes I kind of look back on my life when I'm 16 and it's just like all right, I made, you know, this decision to, you know, go to a party and, you know, drink rather than go and hang out with this group of friends who is maybe, you know, playing basketball after school. And, you know, I maybe went to hang out with these guys who like to like race cars late at night and, you know, hang out with a bunch of, you know, girls instead of choosing to hang around the maybe more disciplined athletes or people who are maybe making some, you know, better decisions. And those small ticks kind of led me to maybe putter out a little bit in my own education for high school, which up till like my junior year, I think I was a four point student or very close to it. And, you know, my senior year then it's like, okay, I think I failed my first class is like, I was totally checked out. I'd met all my graduation requirements. And so, you know, photography didn't matter. And so I'd blow it off and, you know, I'd go and do things outside of school that just weren't great upticks, right? They're all kind of down ticks. And none of them seemed like a big deal at the time. You know, it's just like a kid having fun. And I look back on the time, it's just kind of like, you know, I was just a stupid kid. But those down ticks continued to kind of pile up and pile up and pile up. And when I went to college, they were there. And I had this bad trend of bad decision making. And, you know, I was really lucky to be able to recognize it because I think a lot of people go through and they don't have the self-awareness to ever step back and realize like this isn't the type of person I want to be. This isn't the life that I want to lead. This isn't who I want to be. And they never make that first decision to change that trend line back to an uptick, back to an upward swing. And for me, that uptick was, you know, deciding to leave school and go into the army. And I think a lot of times, uh, you know, at the time, my decision making was questionable. And so there were people in my life who didn't know if that was going to be a good decision or a bad decision. And obviously, for me, I had a lot of belief in myself at the time. And I thought that I could do it. And I thought I needed it. And so I trusted myself. And I didn't listen to a lot of the other people who were giving me advice the other way. And I did what I trusted. And that was the first uptick in a long series of continuous upticks from the rest of my military career that really helped me kind of build good decision-making processes, trusting myself, disciplined processes, and started that upward trend to kind of where I am today. And now that I have kind of the the convenience or the comfort of civilian life and, you know, a wife and a dog and, you know, house and a job and some of these things that are real convenient, it becomes really, really easy to get back into a couple of decisions that lead you maybe back to a downtick. And I think this is the trap that a lot of adults get into is they let a decision like, so let's say you have a kid, right? And this is kind of what I think about having a kid that can be a huge uptick, right? If it's a lot of challenges, but it's an amazing thing for you and your family and your life, especially if you guys are like die hard kids people and you really look forward to it. That's a huge uptick. 
The problem comes in when people let that huge uptick start to also change some of their decision-making processes and some of their disciplines that leads to some downtick behaviors, right? So it leads to, you know, quitting your gym, quitting spending time with your friends or your family. And everybody knows that friend who kind of had a baby and then shut everybody in the world out. And the problem becomes a lot of times they blame having a kid. They complain about it all the time. And then they defend their own behavior and they kind of lean back on some of those things. It's like, well, you know, I can't, I could never go to the gym because, you know, I have a one and a three-year-old and it's like, you know, I respond, well, there's lots of people with one and three-year-olds. It's a, it's an attitude thing, right? They complain about it and they're like, oh my God, like I really, you know, I wish I could work out like that. Like, man, I, I just don't have the time. And they're, they're like, this really sucks. Like I hate being overweight and I hate that. And it's just like, again, it's like, that's your choice. You know, a better thing to say in that place would be, I understand that I have made a decision that it leads to sacrifice, which is having a kid. And the only thing that I can control in that situation is my own response to it. So my response to that, because I want to be a healthy, fit person, is I wake up every day and I do 100 burpees and 100 air squats for time. It takes me 12 minutes and I do it before my baby wakes up and then I'm off and running for the day. And I understand that that's not going to lead me to elite health and fitness, but it's better than nothing. And do you see how that takes ownership, right? That's an inward thinking process. How can I be better? What can I do given this situation that I'm in that leads to some uptick or some people call it above the line behavior, above the line decision making? In that first decision, that decision the first day that you go and you do 100 burpees and 100 air squats and you do that for time, you wake up at 5 a.m., and that's how you start your day, you just absolutely 90 degree pivoted that downward trend that you were about to steep into, that slump that you were about to go into. And now all of a sudden you get this strong, and it gives you affirmation. It gives you a feeling of accomplishment. It feels good to get that done and to start your day that way and to show yourself that you have control over that decision-making process. It doesn't need to be some you know fancy, expensive gym to do that. But what you'll find is the empowerment and the accomplishment, it makes you a better parent, right? It makes you a better person. And when that stuff starts to happen, those upward ticks start to come, they come in droves, right? It starts to lead to better decision-making all the way around, right? You're going to start eating a little bit healthier. That's going to lead to your kids start eating healthier. It's going to lead to your husband or your wife to start eating healthier. And then all of a sudden, you know, you go to the doctor and your kid who might have been pre-diabetic is no longer pre-diabetic, right? Or your kid who's maybe on the high end of the weight scale, no longer an issue, right? Everybody's healthy and everybody's happy, right? Attitude problems start to change and fix. And all of a sudden, we started something that, much like my decision to join the Army, gives you that sharp change of direction, right? It's a decision. It's something that you seek inwardly to fix, to improve. And you look at it as, how can I be better? And every transition point, every decision, really every decision throughout the day, but especially in transition points, it's huge, right? So a new relationship, a baby, a new job, looking for a promotion, 
starting a new workout regimen, starting a new nutrition regimen, whatever it might be, all those are transition points and they all are great opportunities for really sharp and violent upticks and upward trends starting and allowing you to start finding some areas of better decision-making, better discipline. And then it's just a question of carrying that out and continuing to make those good decisions. So our second piece of homework on this, guys, is going to be trying to see, okay, so we established earlier what we want to improve, right? What are our things in our lives that are starting to downward trend? Can we see those? Are we self-aware? And if we're self-aware, ask yourself the question, can I be better? How can I be better? What can I do that will make this improve, that will start an upward trend? And really ask yourself those questions honestly. I think we live in a society, I think we're surrounded by people all day who are deathly, deathly afraid to admit and say, I'm not good enough. I wasn't good enough. I'm just not there yet, right? And that's the thing all the time. It's like, I didn't get the promotion. What do you hear? Oh, well, that's bullshit. You know, they gave it to Susie and Susie sucks. And like, I'm better than Susie. And like, why would they give it to her? Like this company is going to blow now, blah, blah, blah. It's like blame, complain, defend, right? Checking all the blocks. And you get this all the way around. It's like the company makes uh, makes an error, right? They they sign up with new some new software company and you don't like the new software. Well, it's change. Change happens. That's what happens in companies, right? They have to change. And all of a sudden you have two options. It's like, do I complain every day? This software sucks. I don't get it. This is terrible. This is gonna, this is the worst thing the company's ever done, blah, blah. Okay, all you're doing is complaining. Like your only thing is, how can I learn this software better to do my best for this company now? That's the only question. There's no time. All you're doing is just biding time until you get to the place where you can start to say, how can I be better? And that's it. And if you never get there, if all you ever do is blame, complain, and defend, then that's it. You're just going to be upset and unhappy and unproductive and those things only lead one direction and so it's the same thing with you know relationships or friendships or fitness or whatever it's like if you get there and you're just like oh man we're running today and running sucks and i hate that and you know why does jeff always make us do all this stuff and that's so stupid like i don't need to run i'm already good at running like that's that's i don't need that at all and you start to get to this point where you're just like that type of person It's like, okay, how about we switch that? And it's like, how could I get better at running today? How could I utilize this workout specifically to make sure that I'm going from a 545 mile to a 544 mile? What can I do to get that little bit better? How can I get a little bit of an upward tick or an upward trend? How can I get myself in the game? And what decision can I make today to start myself on a strong upwards trend? Or if you are already trending upwards in those things, how can I keep it going? What are the decisions that I can make to insert some discipline in my decision-making so that I can start to keep this upward trend going because I'm killing it right now? And so that's the thing that we need to start getting to is what are our potential barriers for us to improve that thing that we wrote down earlier, that thing that we want to improve? What are the barriers? How do I sound when I complain about that thing? How do I sound when I blame other people for that thing? 
And how do I sound when I defend my own actions towards doing that thing? So if you don't communicate well with your significant other, and she says something like, we never talk or we never hang out anymore. And your first inclination is to respond with, well, that's because I work all the time. And that's because, you know, you're always on your phone. Well, you just defended yourself and you just blamed her. Instead, a better thing is, you're right. How could we be better with this? What could we do? Let's implement a date night. Let's put something on the books and try to be better with this. Let's just sit down once a week and carve out 20 minutes to just drink coffee. We're going to put our phones upstairs away and we're just going to look at each other and talk about stuff. And having these little things, these little self-awareness pieces are going to help you insert little discipline pieces, but all this will start to being an upwards trend, okay? So if we do struggle to communicate with our significant other, I think this is a huge one for a lot of people, you should look back a year from now on who you are and you should say, God, wasn't that embarrassing how immature we were, right? We were just, we would come home and you would play games on your cell phone and I would veg out and watch, you know, three Netflix shows and then we'd go to bed and we'd do that for weeks on end and we stopped making love to each other and we stopped going on dates and we stopped talking to each other. Well, that's a downward trend. That's a slump. And those slumps, if you let them go on too long and you don't have self-awareness to say, how can I fix this? I am not good enough. Say it. I am not good enough. The way I am right now is not good enough. I need to be better. It's one of the things that, you know, Chris Sansbury and John Sansbury really, you know, did a lot for me in the years, uh, the, the year going up to 2016, because they were the first people that really looked at me and, and said that. Um, and I thought, you know, Chris, they're both great competitors. They were both very hard workers, but no matter how good they got, they were always willing to look at me and say, I need to be better. We need to be better as a team. We need to be better, right? What can we do? How can we work harder? How can we put more discipline in place to be better? What can we do? And I had been so ingrained in a selfish, self-centered culture of blame, complain, defend that I didn't realize how bad I was, how, how ingrained that discussion, that communication, and it's so prevalent in the military. It's what the military is sort of derived on. If you go and you sit around a group of enlisted infantry soldiers, all you are going to hear for years and years is blame, complain, defend. Nobody ever has inward sight and starts to say, how could I do better? How can I be, how can I be a better soldier, right? It's so rare. And that culture just kind of wore on me. And I think that was one of the big reasons that I left the army. And I didn't necessarily have insight on why. I just knew that there was a lot of negativity. It's kind of the same thing with law school. It's a big reason why I stepped away from law school is the culture is just one of blaming and covering your own ass and defending yourself and complaining all the time. And I just don't like being around those people. It wears on me. And I'm sure that you guys know of people that constantly are doing that, constantly are negative. They're not upticking at all. And they're not even trying to. They're not even aware that they need to uptick. They're not even aware that they are in a slump. 
And if you aren't aware, it's it's hard as hell to be around you because probably every other person sees it, right? And then secondly, if you don't see it, you're never going to be able to get to the point where you can start to look inward and, and start to try to think about how you could improve. So I think that's the biggest thing that I want you guys to kind of take away from this is figure out what you're unhappy with in your life. Figure out what you do that bugs the shit out of you, right? Or that bugs other people around you. And be work so hard on it this next year. Be so inward thinking. Constantly be asking yourself the question, how can I be better at that? And work on it. Work on it every day. Build a disciplined habit. Build a disciplined structure around it. And start to just obsess about fixing it. So much so that when you look back on yourself next year, you are embarrassed at the person that you were this year. Or you were embarrassed by the actions that you took. Or you were embarrassed by how poorly you communicated with your spouse. Or by the fact that you you know, spent seven hours a week on Instagram and haven't read a book in five years. Or that you signed up for a great gym full of supportive people and you don't go anymore. Or you're not as consistent as you used to be. Or you signed up for a nutrition challenge and you killed it and you were super disciplined and then you totally lost that discipline and you fell off the map and you have no direction now because you lost your discipline and you're complaining about it probably and you're probably defending your own actions and what you're eating and what you're doing and you're not looking inwardly to just say either I have other focuses right now that are more important to me, which is fine and that's a fine thing to say. Or I need to be better and I know I need to be better and here's how I'm going to make that better. And so if you guys want to talk to me about this, I, I find it so interesting. I find this psychology to be the, at the absolute forefront, at the crux of making positive life changes and starting these upward ticks and these upward trends. And I've loved, I, I talk about it all the time, but I've loved the podcast because I put small things out there. And I have people around me that care about me enough and listen to this enough to where when they see me slipping into that type of behavior, they call me out on it. And that's fucking powerful. And that's incredible. And that's one of those things like that's what we need more of. We need more people around calling you out on your shit and making sure that if you say something that this is how I want to be better, here's how I'm going to do it. And you say that to somebody else. And then they see you actively working on opposite behavior of that. They call you out on your shit because we're not perfect and habit change and discipline change is hard as hell. And as much as I constantly work on this, I still suck at it and I'm still constantly working at it. And I still need every single one of you guys to help call me on my shit. And the more I can get people to understand how detrimental a community and a society and a culture of BCD can be, the more we can start to all advance ourselves and have self-awareness. And imagine what our culture could be like if we all just looked at each other and said, how could I be better? How could I make my own small circle better? And for a long time, I really danced around a lot of different ways that I could have an impact right? I thought about doing things on a national scale for a little while. There was some talks about running for Congress and becoming a lawyer and doing all these things and had a lot of talks in a lot of different realms. 
But really what I've come down to is if you can start to influence some people around you to think more positively and be more positively, you can start these grassroots campaigns of thought processes and upward trends and positivity and self-improvement. And that ultimately is as powerful as we can become, right? And so if we can start that and we can spread it to 100 or 200 or 300 people and continue to spread that message, then we're having as big of an impact as I think we can have. And all we can do is hope that there are other people that hear that message and other people that adopt that message and start to put it into place. So here's my big list. First, I want to spend more time in a week reading a book than being on my cell phone on social media. Second, I want to travel more with Maria and with my family in places that put us into nature and quote unquote off the grid. Third, I want to continue to have one-on-one real conversations where I listen more than I talk and I learn about who people are and uh, kind of what makes them tick a little bit. And the Sunday coffee chats have been awesome for that. And honestly, it's a huge thing that I look forward to every week. So I hope to continue that, but also maybe to do some uh, off camera or off microphone. And uh, some of the, sometimes that looks a little bit like mentoring, right? Just having those communications. Um, but maybe do it a little bit more sometimes with maybe some younger people or a different crowd. Um, and so I think that, you know, as I look back, I just like to think, you know, a year from now, I've had a lot of really meaningful conversations with people, and I know a lot of people on just a deeper level now. And so I think that's kind of my third one. So those are the three guys that I really want to improve over this next year. And when I look back, I need to be able to check those blocks to know that I've moved the needle forward and become a better person in each one of those ways. And so now it's time to start looking at my decision-making process over the weeks, the months, the years, starting to understand what things I have to say no to, right? What things I have to say yes to and what things I have to maybe put aside and what things I need to improve upon and where I need to ask myself the question and where I need to surround myself with people who are going to ask me the question, are you better? Are you doing better at that? Have you improved? And so that's my hope for what you guys can do for me. And uh, I hope that this does something for you guys. And hopefully if you guys are couples and you're listening to this together and you maybe don't have that, you know, relationship with somebody in the gym or it does, it might not even be gym focused, right? It might just be relationship focused, you know, send this to your significant other, send it to somebody who you think needs to do a better job of calling you out on your shit. Or maybe you just want to go on this journey with them, send it to them and uh, hopefully it has some impact on them. And then together we can get on this strong, massive upward trend, upward ticks. We all start on those upward ticks, that above the line behavior. We get away from blame, complain, defend, and we just start to dominate steamroll and start to really improve ourselves so that next year when we look back, we can say that from the ages of 33 to 34, I became a tangibly, notably better, stronger person with better relationships and a happier and healthier life with my significant other or with my family. Oh,